The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hey, everybody. Uh, This is Dr. Gary Bell. This is Absurd Psychology. Today is a really interesting episode. It's called Marriage 101. Marriage 101. Yes, I'm going to teach you how to be married. God forbid, the fact is, most people never learn how to be married. Uh, You don't learn it in school, and you certainly get a bad job for most of your parents. And if not, you may have got a good job for your parents, but likely their generation is way behind where you are today. So there's some real fundamental basic knowledge that has to be understood in marriage to make it work. And a lot of people just get it totally off. They don't understand why they have so many symptoms like uh, uh, nagging each other, anger outbursts, anger problems, uh, psychotic episodes, uh, arguments that never end, 20-year arguments that you argue about the same thing. I mean, a lot of people just don't get it and they don't seek help. They think they have all the answers, but they don't. And so uh, sometimes a few wise people will go seek help. Uh, others will just kind of meander around and make their life miserable. So what I'm going to do with this episode, and I'm hoping uh, if you can't listen to it live, you can at least listen to the podcast someday because the deal is, is in one hour, I'm going to give you all of the basic tools to at least balance out the the relationship and get things going. We're going to actually start with some real basic tools that I give my clients, and then I'm going to roll into a little bit of premarital and then uh, all the issues rolling in. So we're going to start from premarital on to marriage and on through marriage and trying to heal a marriage that exists. And so uh, that's a lot of content, but I'm going to try to make it through this thing and we're going to do it as best we possible can. I'm going to give you every tool I have, at at least within an hour. All right. So the basics is communication. Let's just get that straight. Um, People oftentimes have very difficult time communicating. And what they do is it's, it's a thing called transactional analysis. You may have heard me talk about this before. Basically, each person has three components to them. Take two people standing in each other. Uh, they have the parent, the adult, and the child in each of them, the parent, the adult, and the child. And what happens is when people, let's say, come home, uh, one of them will say, hey, you were supposed to clean up, blah, 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 blah. Why didn't you do this? You told me you were going to do this, 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 this. And the other partner goes, wow, you're talking to me as if you're a parent talking to a child. This is what they're thinking inside themselves. And so what they say is, well, I'm going to give you a little taste back. And so they go, hey, 
you told me you were going to do blah, 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 blah. And you said you were going to do that, but you didn't do it either. And so what they do is they basically go from parent to child, parent to child, parent to child. And neither of them hear each other. Neither of them acknowledge each other. And certainly both of them are very frustrated and angry because they're defensive with each other. That means they're not listening. And so what we want to do is we want to have an adult-to-adult dialogue between two people. So the way people have to argue in marriage, you don't have to do this in your personal life with other people. But if you're going to be married for any amount of time, you've got to learn how to argue. And that is basically you keep your voice very steady, very flat. And you express your emotions by stating them. You do not demonstrate them. You don't use tone and you don't use uh, body language. And I, God forbid, some people use body language. I knew, I know I do, but you want to tone it down. And so when you're having conflict, the first thing you want to understand is that you have to state your emotions safely. Otherwise, the other person is going to look at you like you're nuts. They're going to get in a very fight or flight mode and they're going to be very defensive because they're not listening. So what you do is you speak to the emotion. It goes like this. You know, yesterday you told me you were going to do this, this, and this, and and I'm really frustrated because I've come home and it's not there. So, uh, you know, how do you want to solve this? Gee, how, how deep of a conflict is that? How horrible is that? I mean, it's just, it takes all of the horribleness out of arguing. So many people are afraid of conflict. I mean, if you just speak to your emotion, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, whatever, I'm happy, I'm elated. But you don't have to demonstrate it. If you do that, you can do conflict very well and you will bring out the adult in your partner and then you will have an adult conflict that is level, that is calm, that is discussional and hopefully it comes up to a, conf- a, a compromise or a resolution. So the deal is we want to bring out the best in our partner when we have conflict. And the truth is all conflict in this world, every conflict there ever is in marriage or anything else is a trust issue. You can love someone and not trust them. But when you trust someone, love always follows. Love follows trust. So, if you want to heal a relationship, you have to restore trust. Well, how do we do that? Well, in a marriage, it, we have to understand it's a conditional relationship. And, and in a conditional relationship, and that's the vows that you took for each other, takes a contract to be broken uh, to get a divorce. So, it is conditional. It, don't fool yourself. This is not unconditional love. It's a condition, and there's trust issues around those conditions. And so the deal is, if you are violating emotional trust, I'm not safe around you when you're angry, or I can't trust you with the information I give you, or you're always getting defensive or upset, those kind of things never get resolved. They, 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 they become bigger and bigger and bigger trust issues. And so what it takes is to make a new contract and to follow it. And that means I'm going to start listening to you. I'm going to stop being defensive and I'm going to hear you and I'm going to validate you. I'm not always going to agree with you, but at least I will acknowledge you and listen to you. And that's a little thing called respect. And so what we want to do in a relationship is build trust. Well, how do you do that? Well, you make a new contract, you make an agreement, you shake hands on it, you look each other in the eye and you say, I'm going to have faith in you. 
I'm going to have faith in you and we're going to follow through and I'm going to act like I can trust you until I do. And so what we do is we continue to follow that faith and hopefully consistency and time will lead to trust. So you fake it till you make it when you're trying to win trust back. So, you know, the deal is, is that we need to learn how to listen. In marriage, if, if your partner is going to be upset with you and they're going to say, you're the ugliest, meanest, blah, blah, blah person I've ever met in my life, your job as a spouse is not to get defensive. It's not to react like, oh my God, how could you say that? It's, I'm sorry you feel that way. What makes you think like that? That means you're acknowledging their opinion, which oftentimes is overstated. And, and the truth is, it's, it's basically validating what they have to say. And that's what we want to do. All right, I understand. I hear what you're saying. Uh, so what you're telling me is this, this, and this. That's validation. There's no agreement in validation. But in marriage communication, if you're going to exist with a partner over a long period of time, you have to be willing to hear them, even if you don't like what they have to say, even if it's the craziest thing you've ever heard in your life, you've got to be respectful and listen. And people, I'm telling you, many people think they're the best listeners in the world and they're the worst. And you have got to look inside yourself and go, are we arguing over the same thing over and over again? That means neither of you are listening to each other. So validation is the key to communication. And I can tell you, bad communication over time will kill a marriage just as much as an affair or any kind of financial uh, uh, secrets or whatever. It, it will kill a marriage over time. It's a long death and it's an agonizing death of a relationship. But you can solve it if you look in yourself and go, I can change. Because if you can change, your partner can change. You have to be the leader. If you're the one getting the knowledge and your partner is not the one getting the knowledge, use it because you're going to be the one teaching them how to be a better partner. We also have to understand some very basic concepts, and this is from me. And uh, this is not from a book or anywhere else. This is just basic common sense. There is one thing that makes a woman tick more than anything in this world. This is how they take the temperature of their relationship. And this is worldwide. And it's the bottom line. If you are going to be married to a woman, then you better understand the one thing that they need to be in a relationship more than anything on this earth. And that is to feel cherished. I cannot be the man I am without her. I, I don't even know why she's with me. I'm so lucky to have her. She's my best friend. She's my world. And that's how you talk about her when you're with her. And that's about how you talk about her when you're not with her. That she is no secret. She is your world. She is the center of your life. And if a woman doesn't feel that way, they're going to nag you till the end of time because they want to know why they're not getting cherished, which was in likely in your vows. Why are you not cherishing me? Who are you cherishing? Who's getting that love? And every time they see somebody getting more love than them, they're going to nag you 10 times more. So get it right, guys. Get it understood. If you're going to be in a relationship, and girls too, if you're going to be girl to girl, whatever, if you're going to be in a relationship with a woman, you better understand Cherish. And if you don't get that, you're never going to get a long-term relationship that's happy. Now, for men, it's a little bit different. And Cherish includes, by the way, this component. And if you're a guy... Well, it's tough shit. You're going to have to understand you get a bit, little bit less than what the woman does. And that's called respect. A man needs to feel heard. Cherish means you're heard also. 
that means that your opinion is important. So women get that too. Now you have to understand, men, women are very vulnerable in relationships. They have to have the babies. They take all the health risks. They take you in physically. They have the 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 issue of actually, you know, if you're diseased, then they are ones that are vulnerable for that. Um, and so you've got to mm-hmm. uh, you've got to truly understand that a woman is much more vulnerable than a man is sexually and in a relationship. They also know they're likely stuck with the kids if you leave because you want something younger or better looking or whatever. And so they're very vulnerable. And so men, yes, your need is important, but it doesn't come first. If you want a relationship to work, you better cherish your wife. Now, women, if you want your marriage to work and and you don't want to demasculate your husband and turn him into a, 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 a a man that doesn't feel like a man, then you better understand you got to hear him. That doesn't mean you agree. I understand. I hear what I what you're saying. Uh, okay, so what you're telling me is this. Women, you got to get good at this because women are just as defensive as men are and they're just as poor communicators as men are. And so women, you got to get off your high horse. If you want to change a relationship, you have to learn how to listen. And uh, and listening, once again, is respect. It's equivalent. So there's another, you know, the, there's other things that we have to talk about and we'll talk about a little bit later, but love languages. A lot of people don't understand what they are and, and there were there was uh, uh, lots of books on love languages, but the deal is, is there are five basic love languages and every one of us has one of these as a need, not a want, a need. And it's not logical. It makes no sense at all. It's just a part of who they are as a person. And that basic thing can be very simple. It can be, I just love it when you're with me. Um, Compliments. A lot of people thrive on compliments, and if they don't get them, that that need is not met, and they run dry. Listening, listening is so important to some people, and and being heard that that is critical for some people. It's a need. It's not a want. Gifts. Some people love to get gifts, love to get them, and that tells them that they're loved. Also, touch. A lot of people are very focused on intimacy. That tells them that they're loved. And we have to understand that if our partner has an illogical need, not a want, a need of being touched, then what we have to do is we have to get good at it because we married them. We got together with them. We've decided to be in a relationship with this person. And by God, if you're going to be with them and expect it to thrive, you better give them what they need and better get good at it. And that is maybe touch, it may be giving gifts, it may be compliments, it may be listening, it may just be being there. But you, as the partner, have to get to know what your other partner needs, what your partner needs. And that is critical. Not want, need. And it's usually just one of those. The rest of them are usually wants. Okay, now there's also battlegrounds in relationships and we have to understand what those battlegrounds are because this is where conflict is and this is where people have to focus their energy in a relationship. The first one is usually finances. Finances, it's so important to understand in a marriage with finances. If you don't have, let's say, three months of income that pays your bills in the bank, 
generally most people don't feel like an adult. They feel very insecure. They feel like their relationship is failing because they're not capable of saving money. They're like children who get it and spend it. And so a relationship feels very substantial when there is money in the bank. When we know if one of us loses their job, but we're at least able to pay our bills for the next three months. That is called maturity, folks. And if you don't have a plan to have finances that will save you over a three-month period, I can tell you you're going to behave a lot different towards each other than you would if you have no money in the bank. Also, sex is another battleground. That's an area you have got to work on. You've got to fix it. If you don't have sexual relations, everybody's feeling empty, lonely, and insecure. And so sexual relations, and I'm not talking just intercourse. I'm talking about touching. I'm talking about being together, holding, kissing, all those things that we crave. We all crave some form of intimacy. You really have to work on that dialogue and if you want in a relationship to work. Also, time. Time together. Making commitment to have time together. Critical. Critical. So many people forget that. They have children. They have their jobs. They have so much other things. But I'm telling you, when you have a priority to get something done, like I got to go play a game of golf or I got to do that, by God, you'll make time for it. Well, you need to do the same thing for a relationship. You have to take it serious. Make time for it. Also, another battleground is taking care of the home. And I can tell you that when you have a messy home, you have a messy brain. If you do not keep your environment clean that you live in and spend time in, you're not going to be in a very good mood if it's all cluttered. You really want to keep a clean home and you both have to work on it and you both have to divide the duties and you both have to take care because that tells you how much you care for the relationship. If you don't care for your home, you likely don't care for your relationship very well. Also, children. Children are an excuse for many people not to cultivate their marriage, but children are begging and pleading. They may go, ooh, gross, but they want to see their parents want to be together. And you have to understand you're their role model for life. So you you have to change your views of each other to get these barriers down. You have to stop looking at each other as all bad or all good because all of us are bad and good. We have, we have to work on the gray and we have to be able to communicate our needs and understand our needs and want our needs to be met in a relationship. And we have to get good at making sure that both of you sit down and work things out around those needs. Also, I, I'll tell you... Um, Forgiveness is huge in a relationship. You have to stop attacking each other's negative things that each other has done. And what you want to do, instead of focusing on you did this, blah, 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 is focus on what were you thinking? How did you decide to do that? Because forgiveness is based on intentions. And I can tell you in a relationship, 99.9% of the time, there are not negative intentions. There are good intentions with bad outcomes and or selfish intentions never meant to hurt with bad outcomes. And so you have to work from intentions to get to forgiveness. And that's a huge thing in a relationship. Now, one last thing before we take a break is Facebook and social media really poisons a relationship. Putting too much information out there for everybody to see has destroyed enormous relation, enormous amount of relationships. Meeting up with those old high school flames that you never close the door on, really bad idea. Past friends that were damaging then and they're damaging now, 
Really bad idea. Putting Facebook and social media into your relationship needs to be a, something agreed upon and has rules around that both of you agree on, not just one. Also, um, conflict in a relationship over text or voicemail or email, never a good idea. So we're going to go into some really stronger tools. Uh, I'm just kind of giving you an overview, but we're going to go into that. And once again, we're going to start with basics and a relationship and premarital. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about Marriage 101. Now, there are some real strong basics in a relationship. First of all, I often hear people say, they made me feel blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. Nobody in this world makes you feel but yourself. You feel. And you are responsible for how you feel, not somebody else. And a lot of abusive, nasty, physical or verbal abusive people will blow it off and try to get out of the responsibility of being a total jerk by saying, well, they made me feel or they made me do this. They're, that's just bullshit. The bottom line is you, you are responsible for your own feelings. You are responsible for your own reactions, nobody else. And don't ever, ever own how your partner feels. Acknowledge how they feel. I'm sorry you feel that way. But my God, don't buy it. 
Don't buy it for a minute. You're not responsible for it. Now, in a relationship, once again, respect is listening. If you can't get that bottom line component about listening, you're not going to stay married or you're going to have a long, miserable life. And a lot of people aren't humble enough to listen. They think they know everything. And I'm telling you, man, when you get in a marriage, it's a compromise. And there are two people with an opinion, no matter how wimpy or 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 uh, strange your partner is, the bottom line is they still have an opinion. If you're married to them, you got an obligation to be a part of how they think. And you may not like it, but you got to listen and you got to acknowledge. Doesn't mean you agree. Also, you have to be really good at repairing arguments. And once again, to repair an argument, you have to focus on intentions Not outcomes, intentions. What were you intending? What were you trying to do? When you did this, what were you saying? How did you arrive at this decision? And by doing that, that is where forgiveness is. And that's how adults sort things out. They don't attack the bad thing. What they attack is what's trying to be accomplished and try to help a process that may find a better result and might agree on never going back to the worst process that was used. Also, um... You also need to be able to have some sort of touch, some sort of intimacy. Some people are freaky about sex. I understand that. A lot of people have been abused. They have childhood issues, whatever, body image issues, odor issues, whatever. But you still got to touch your partner. Uh, You got to feel like you love each other. You've got to have some sort of intimacy with each other. There's got to be some desire to be together. And so when you hold hands or when you hold each other or when you hug or when you you sit on the couch and be together, those moments are important. Do not blow them off. I I know so many couples that'll sit, one sits on one couch and the other sits on the other. Neither the two shall meet. I'm sorry, but that is not going to build a relationship into something that's going to be intimate. We need intimacy in a relationship. We're intimate creatures. We crave it. Don't deny it. Because if you do, it's going to eventually turn into something you don't like. Okay? Also, the other thing is there should be no secrets in a relationship. And that doesn't mean you tell all the truths from your past. Anything in the past that doesn't affect your relationship now can stay in the past. But if it is something that affects your relationship or it's something involved in your relationship, then yes, you need to be completely honest about what's going on. That is so important because your partner has to manage through that crap just as much as you do because they have to be on the worst side of it. And so the deal is if you've got past uh, trauma or whatever, you've got to bring that up. You've got to bring it into the relationship so both of you can discuss it and work through it so it doesn't turn into a nightmare that has been suppressed and just comes out by doing stupid stuff. Also, there needs to be a sense of appreciation. Many couples forget this. They take each other for granted. They don't say thank you anymore. They just assume that everything, you know, okay, you cook dinner, nothing. Don't say anything. Just go away. You know, the bottom line is you need to appreciate the simple things that both of you do for each other on an ongoing basis. And so that is a huge, huge component. And these are, once again, marriage 101 basics. All right. So, um, you know, in a new relationship, what we have to have is 
uh, no suffocation is the big one. A lot of couples, when they first get together, they just suffocate each other. They cannot stand to be apart from each other. Well, that's great. But what happens is you start driving off all your friends, you lose your social life, and you forget your identity, and your identity becomes you as a couple. Well, no, you have got to restrain yourself. When you get into a relationship, you still have your individuality, and you need to set that boundary with your partner right away. Yes, I understand the honeymoon sex is really hard to pass up, but the deal is you still have to have your personal life integrated into the relationship. And that also means we have to make an effort to get to know our partner's friends. It doesn't mean we have to like them, but we have to learn how to socialize with them because they're a part of their life. And so the deal is when you're in a new relationship, do not suffocate. Spend time together. Make lots of time together. But the bottom line is you've got to spend time with your friends and your family too. And so it's important to have the balance and you don't want to spend all of it together doing those things. You want to spend it as an individual doing those things and as a couple doing those things. That is critical. And a lot of people forget that. And, you know, you don't want to drop your life. You need to carry on. Your partner should be augmenting, adding to your life, not taking away from your life. Also, um, you don't want to be a tight ass in a relationship. That means you don't want to uh, be a jerk. A lot of people get upset if somebody you know looked at a girl or looked at a guy or whatever. Well, it's real hard to break those patterns when you're first jumping into a relationship because you're single and that's what you've been doing. But but the deal is is we have to understand that's part of it. So we don't want to get angry and insecure when we see our partner starting to do their having doing that kind of stuff. We just might generally remind her, I saw that. You know, hey, you know, did you notice? you were doing. Okay. That doesn't mean you have to get angry. It doesn't mean you have to feel violated if that's what they did. What it means is you have to understand they're coming out of being single and coming into a relationship. So, you know, that's, this is how people kill relationships quickly. And, uh, the other thing is you don't want to kiss and tell. Um, if, 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 you know, you don't want to elongate a, a one-night stand. And some people will try to rush into a relationship and they think sex is a relationship. Well, no, sex is not a relationship. Just because you had sex with some one-night stand doesn't mean it's always going to maintain a relationship. Sex is something people do in a relationship. It's not the central point of a relationship. So in a new relationship, it's very important to keep it to yourself until you feel like it is a relationship. And uh, so, you know, keeping that communication open, keeping those boundaries, that's critical in starting something. Also, the, uh, the deal is in premarital discussions, and, and this is critical, when people get engaged, they need to talk about the meaning of their commitment to each other, what the commitment means to you when you walk down the aisle. And all of the persons in your life that you met, you could have married. Why are you choosing your partner? What attracted you to your partner? And those are the things, that's one of the things you want to do when you're talking about getting married is the meaning of the commitment. You also want to communicate about your lifelong goals. And you don't, it's never too late to do this in a marriage or in the beginning of a marriage. Your lifelong goals are important. What do you hope to achieve in the near future and the distant future? And how do you plan to care for uh, your family, or how do you plan to take care of yourself? What kind of time do we do you need as a person to spend for yourself and spend with me? And uh, 
another lifelong goal is how do you want to be remembered when you die? That's huge because memories are all that's left when we die. Our things, our money goes away, but our memories hopefully don't go away. That is the meaning of your life. Also, expectations. People have loaded expectations that they never talk about before they get married and during a marriage. And so what you want to do is you want to bring those to the surface. You know, how much emotional support uh, do you need during uh, depressed times, happy times, periods of illness, job loss? You know, what do you need from me when, when bad things happen? It's also uh, important that you set one night aside just to, just to be alone. And, and you want to communicate that, that we have to make a commitment that time together is critical. Also, it's important to understand where you want to live, what size of home, what kind of property do you want to have, what kind of things do you want to have? Because many people never talk about it, and then they go find out that their partner wants some old 1950s shack, and, and you want something modern and, and convenient. Well, the deal is you need to have those discussions until you can find where you can compromise earlier on in the relationship. Also, living arrangements. Um, do you plan to live together? Do you plan to live apart? Do you plan to sleep in different rooms? What about snoring? You know, what's the deal? How noisy of a sleeper are you? Um, these are things that you really need to understand. You know, what is your career path? What, what hours are you expecting to work? When do you work best? Do you like working at night, during the day? These are discussions you really, really need to have before or during a relationship. Um, also, f- children. When do you plan on having children? When do you want to start a family? How, how far apart do you want children? Um, do you believe in abortion, not abortion? Would we ever get an abortion in the relationship? Also, uh, what kind of philosophy do you have around child raising? How, what role do you expect to play in your children's life? These are things that we presume about each other from the past, but we don't look at in our partner as unique needs that they have. Also, money discussions, you know, do we keep our money together? Do we have separate? Do we do both? You know, how do you want to do that? How do you want to save? How do you want to pay bills? What bills do we have? What are the financial arrangements that you have? What's your debt right now? A lot of people never have these discussions. It's shocking. They'll jump into a marriage and never have discussions about finances. You know, do you have college loans? How much are they? Are you still paying for a car? How much debt do you have? Um, do you pay child support? You know, what, whatever. These are things that people need to talk about. They need to talk about it in a relationship and before a relationship. Also, they need to talk about their parents as in-laws. They need to express what their families are about and, and what they're, you know, and be honest. You know, are they jerks? Are they not jerks? Can they be sensitive? Are they overbearing? We need to get ready for these things and really discuss them with each other. Also, uh, gender role expectations. In this day and age, a lot of people are hybrids. They may have a wiener and they may have a you know, vagina, but the deal is they, they, one act may act more effeminate, one may be more masculine. Well, you got to talk about gender expectations. Do you want the man's man in the relationship and the woman's woman, or do you want to have both? How do you want to do that? What is your expectations around that? Also, um, erotic Times and what is erotic? Uh, it's very important to understand what is erotic to your partner and the intimacy and what they like and what they don't like. And so uh, it's critical for you to, to have these discussions and have also discuss how you want to handle heated conflicts. And I can tell you, take a time out. If, if one is getting violent or angry, 
take a timeout. Don't keep going after it. And a timeout should be one minute for every year of your life. And average it out. If, if one of you is 40 and one of you is 38, then make it 39. I don't know. Whatever. 40 minutes. But the deal is you've got to take timeout. But if you're going to take a timeout, you tell the partner when you're coming back. That is critical. And handling arguments is huge discussion that all relationships should have. The other discussion that is critical is spiritual life. And a lot of people forget to do this. And so, you know, we want to talk about what we migrate to as far as religion, um, as far as our beliefs, as far as our non-beliefs, and, and what we expect of our spiritual uh, nature in the relationship and what we expect of each other spiritually. And we also have to, and it's critical, talk about uh, our expectations in uh, extramarital uh, relationships. And here's a good key that I offer my couples, uh, and it's, it, I think it's very important to understand. If I'm a man, I am not going to bring a female into the middle of my relationship as a friend unless I get my partner's opinion and their, their validation that it's okay. I am not going to cross the boundary of bringing a woman into my life in any shape, form, or fashion without talking to my partner about it first. My partner, I'm hoping, would not bring any man into the relationship as a friend or whatever without discussing it and seeing if it's safe. That is that is the rule of thumb for almost any relationship if you expect it to last and not have jealousy issues. So, you know, deal is we have to be respectful of each other's needs and we have to really make sure we understand, hey, an extramarital affair, whether it's emotional or physical is not allowed in the relationship. If that's how you feel about it, then you need to state it. And if that vow to each other is broken, it's like breaking a vow in the marriage. You need to state it very clear. Now, some people are swingers. Many homosexual couples can have sex with all kinds of people while they're in a relationship openly. But the deal is, you know, and not the regular old uh, heterosexual people do too. They, they do it all the time. But the deal is you both need to be on the same page about it. And so that communication has to be very, very clear. And so uh, we're going to go into communication now, and we're going to talk about how to make communication work. And we need to understand that there's uh, many ways to talk to your partner. I will tell you that the worst times to talk to your partner is at bedtime when you're tired. That is never a good time. Or when you have lost sleep or have not had good sleep. Never a good time to have a lot of conflict. You want to have very gentle, uh, surfacey discussions. But you really don't want to get into constructive problem solving when you guys are tired. So pillow talk should be more about intimacy. It should be more about laughing. It should be more about joy. And a lot less about seriousness things. And also, you know, it's important to keep your mouth shut when you need to keep your mouth shut. You do not need to make comments about your partner or what they've said or what they need. You know, you need you don't need to be critical in all of your communication with your partner. You're not you're not doing them a favor when they're trying to share with you and then you start poking at them. You know, that's not a good deal in communication. So we're going to go into a little bit more of that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about passive aggressive behaviors. We're going to talk about improving communication. And then we're going to go into how to make a marriage work while it's happening. And we're talking about sex. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. We'll be right back. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but... If you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, a lot of material here, but I'm going to try to make my way through it. So, uh... Here's the deal. We, we have to understand what passive-aggressive is. Passive-aggressive is often found in many relationships. And the reason I bring this up is because we need to discuss what the warning signs are and how they play out. Now, the, here's the warning signs. The most uh, common ones is procrastination. People that procrastinate oftentimes are very, very passive-aggressive. What is passive-aggressive? They hold it in, they hold it in, and they're like a teapot. So, as soon as it hits the boiling point, it blows, and when it blows, it's ugly. And basically, when they do their anger outburst, it, it's like they, they're really just trying to say, see, don't ever make me do conflict again. This is how conflict's going to go. It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be mean. They're going to cut to the core, and then all of a sudden, they go back to being nice and non-confrontational. And so the deal is the passive aggressives often do that because they're trying to tolerate each other in a relationship. So the sign of it is procrastination, is the sulking, silent treatment. That's another passive aggressive trait. Uh, intentional inefficiency, like performing tasks that are unacceptable uh, in their standards and how they're done. Uh, you know, excessive excuses, uh, feigned misunderstanding, shutting down conversations with fine and whatever. These are passive-aggressive tendencies, and we all have to understand that that means that that person doesn't feel heard. They feel shut down. And so what they do is they bottle it up until they blow, and when they blow, everybody thinks they're psychotic. And they actually are in that moment. 
You know, you've got to make friends with your anger. You've got to basically come down to that adult-to-adult, safely talking about your emotion dialogue. Then you won't build up the steam to be passive-aggressive. You know, you also need to take timeouts. If things are getting too heated, take a timeout and once again, set a time to come back. Don't not set a time to come back. That is passive-aggressive too. So we don't just stop an argument. We stop an argument, say, let's try to do this right. Let's try to be adults. Let's come back to it, and we'll resolve. So when we resolve conflict, you want to deal with the, pra- the facts. You basically state the problem. You don't attack the person. You attack the problem. You want to talk about how you've contributed to the problem and own your own feelings. I feel like this. It may not be right, but this is how I feel. And you have to allow your spouse to talk back to you and to express their feelings back to you safely. You have to listen to them. And you want to let your partner know, uh, have, have they stated your feelings correctly? Because they may or may not have done that. So what you want to do is make sure they understand how you feel, not demonstrate how you feel, but actually state how you feel. You also want to resolve the concern. You want to brainstorm. How can we solve this and work through it? And then we want to commit to a solution and agree to it. And that, once again, becomes a condition of our relationship. That's how we rebuild trust. And then we have to say, hey, I'm going to have the faith that you're going to do your part and I will do my part. And that's how we two shall meet. And basically, if you can do that, you can logically get through any conflict without freaking each other out. And that's the good news. But a lot of people do not do that, and they just blow and blow and blow on each other. And if, uh, you know, if you can't get it right, I, I beg you, go to a good therapist. If you don't get a good one, change it. Get to somebody that actually gets it and gets you and work with that person to try to resolve your communication issues. That is huge. Don't go through life with a partner who you cannot communicate with. And you both have to commit to doing that to make a relationship work. If one person's unhappy, nobody's happy. Also, we need to take care of ourselves in a relationship. A lot of people throw out sleep. And I got to tell you, man, if you want to have a good relationship, you better be well rested. And so, you know, the deal is you don't want to be bringing your kids into the bed. Not a good idea. You don't want to get kicked in the head. I mean, what you want is to have good sleep so both of you are always there for each other. You have to work at a relationship. Um, You have to be ready to be happy. You have to be ready to be stressed. You have to be ready for everything. But the biggest deal is you have to have faith that you can get through anything together. And you have to believe in each other. And so once again, you want to have that positive, gratifying, grateful communication about each other. Always talking about the good in each other and stop discussing the bad. Now, what about sex? You know, when couples first commit, uh, sexual energy is usually high. They call it chemistry. Most couples enjoy their attraction and contact and and they basically have plenty of energy and few distractions and uh, they have lots of sex. And uh, there's lots of wood on the fire in the beginning of a relationship. It's called the honeymoon phase. As time goes in the early years, there's uh, sexual problems often emerge, pregnancy, body changes, childbirth. Uh, watching each other go to the bathroom over a number of years can be not so sexy. You know, uh, babies put a huge damper on sexual energy in a relationship. Um, you know, 
you have to basically reorder your life and restructure your life when you bring children into a relationship. That means you have to make time for each other. Uh, also, men and women are very different when it comes to sexuality. It, it's relatively easy, sometimes too easy, for men to achieve an orgasm. For women, though, it can take longer and other factors come into play. For men uh, and many, many, many women... Uh, sexual function is impacted by fatigue, emotional state, preoccupations, health status, tension level, and timing. So, you know, women can oftentimes be much more sensitive to those things. And what you have to do is you have to tackle those. If it's fatigue, if it's an emotional state, if it's preoccupations, then we don't feel sexy. And you've got to take care of those things if you want to have a good sex life. Also, um, you don't want to expect both of you to get something out of sex. You know, the deal is if you're going to have sex, the deal is you need to understand that one may be in the mood, one may not be in the mood. Not everybody's always going to get everything out. It's not going to be the bang, 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 wonderful honeymoon stuff. So you have to understand in a relationship, it evolves over time and just be happy if one enjoyed it rather than both. But if both, then wow, that's incredible. But you have to continue doing it. You can't just put it away. And, uh, you know, boredom often takes place and so you got to keep the fire burning you know uh, you can't mind read you have to talk to each other and people that talk during sex and communicate during sex oftentimes have much better sex and you have to also accept your body as it is if you like this body that's not my problem you know the deal is you have to love each other as you are and not how you're not and so if you're going to have a good sexual relationship in marriage, you've really got to work on those things. So, you know, why do people divorce? Well, they, they get in for the wrong reasons. You know, marrying for money. You know, a lot of people do that. Marrying for stability. Marrying for a good husband or wife or, or a parent for my children. You know, that's never a good idea for a good marriage to, to work. Also, a lack of individual identity. A lot of people get into a relationship or get into a marriage and crave it and beg for it and, and command it. You, you've got to marry me or, or I'm going to break up with you. Well, the reason people do that is because they lack their own individual identity. And so the deal is they force a person into the relationship because they've found a chance to actually have identity within a relationship rather than with themselves. And so a lot of people get divorced over time because they become codependent and they don't really uh, understand who they are. And, and I can't tell you how many people wake up after a uh, long relationship or a long marriage and go, who the hell am I? Well, that's because they got married to find their identity. And you don't want to do that in a relationship. You want to have an identity in a relationship. Also, you want to have a, a shared vision of success in a relationship. You know, a lot of people don't have a shared a sense of success and what it means to them to be with somebody and what they want to be as a couple. You really want to have good uh, open uh, goals. If you want to have a weekend getaway, if you have to have a certain amount of vacations, or if you have to have time together, uh, if you like, you know, ball games or whatever like that, sports, you've got to weave that into what a successful relationship looks like together. And that has to include your individual needs. Also, uh, 
Uh, unmet expectations is a reason people divorce. You know, we have very high expectations. We may measure a person up against a, a father or an uncle or a person in our life, and we expect to have those needs met. And God forbid if our partner isn't like that person and can't fill that role. You have to love the person you're with, not love who you're not with. And you don't marry to change each other. You marry to enhance each other's life, but to expect change from your partner, wrong. Do not expect that. It is not your job to change your partner. Also, when intimacy disappears, that's when people begin to uh, separate or divorce. Finances, if they can't handle finances, then what happens is people divorce because they feel like a child. And also, uh, people that have different priorities and interests. Some people are all into their children once they have children and they're not into their partner. Well, that's not going to make a relationship work. you got to have time for each other so we grow apart. And if you expect a relationship to work, then you have got to love each other and spend time together because the marriage is what the whole family revolves around. If you don't get the marriage right, then everybody suffers. Children are the victims of divorce. So, you know, here's tips for a relationship. Humans crave intimacy. They need to love and be loved. You know, and a lot of people have trouble doing that. Well, you've got to get humble. You've got to understand that your partner needs love and to be loved. And you need love and to be loved. And you have got to make that a need in a relationship. And you've got to cultivate that in a relationship. You also need to choose a partner wisely and well. We're attracted to people for all kinds of reasons. They remind us of someone from our past. They shower us with gifts, make us feel important. They may evaluate, uh, you know, you want to evaluate a potential partner as you would a friend. Look at their character, their personality, their values, their generosity of spirit, the relationship between their words and their actions, big one there, and also their relationships with others. You want to look at all of that and you want to really do an honest assessment to yourself. Is that what I need in my life? Will this person compliment my life? Or will this person compliment my children if you have children? You've got to think of these things before you get into a long-term marriage or relationship. You also, you want to know your partner's beliefs about relationship. You want to discuss that throughout a relationship. And, and, and you also don't want to confuse sex with love. And, and so, you know, hey, you may have sex, but that doesn't mean you're madly in love. And, and we all know that, but we all don't believe that. We think sex is a relationship, and it's not. Also, um, we have to know that we have to speak our needs. We cannot expect our partner to just magically understand what our needs are. We have to express them, and we have to express them openly. And, and whether that is write him a note, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, discuss it, whether it's writing in an email, it's texting it to whatever way it's going to happen that you're going to get that need in front of your partner. You need to continue doing it on a, on a consistent basis when it's not being met until they understand it. Now, if we want to keep a relationship healthy, respect, respect, respect. That means listening. The other thing, men, if you want a woman in a relationship, cherish, cherish, cherish. Can't be the man I am without her. I don't even know why she's with me. Greatest thing that uh, ever happened to me. I'm so glad to be with her. And when things are negative, you don't want to linger. You guys have to learn how to come back together. You don't let things linger. You can have an argument. You may have a disagreement. It may have gone well, but you still need to be able to smile and be intimate with each other and to hold each other's hand and let each other know that it's okay to have conflict. We don't want to be so abusive and 
bombastic with each other, that we don't respect each other. We have to be able to smile and talk after conflict. And that is so important in a marriage if you want it to work. To walk away and never talk about it again, it's going to come back in another way. So, you know, you never want to go to sleep angry. You want to try tenderness even if you don't have a verbalized resolution. You want to have some tenderness, some love for each other. And it's so important that we greet each other in positive ways, that we kiss each other, that we hold each other, that we hug each other. Those are our critical things to keeping uh, the language of love healthy in a relationship. Touch, intimacy, there should be at least 12 touch points a day where you've touched each other. It could be fleeting, it could be seconds, but we need that. We need that to feel like we're together. The other thing is to stay healthy. A lot of people turn into big fat asses like I did and you have to get yourself together. You've got to manage your your health. You're in charge of it and you want to look good for your partner and you want to have energy. And so we need to take care of ourselves when we're married if we expect it to last over a long period of time. All right. Now that's our show. I give you as much as I can on Marriage 101. Um, Our next show is called Emotional IQ. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or D-R-G-B-M-F-T on Twitter. Now, remember, men have two emotions, hungry and horny. If you see him without an erection, make him a sandwich. Also, marriage lets you annoy one special person for the rest of your life. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.